We started a series now a few weeks ago called Matters of the Heart. All right, we're not talking about your physical pump, but we're talking about what the Bible refers to as the inward man. Okay, not the outside of you. We're not talking about external things. We're talking about internal things because we've discovered that the internal drives the external. And if my heart is in a certain condition, it's going to dictate the quality and the course and direction of my life. And so if I want to go a different way, if I want to make different decisions, if I want to uh, say different things, and I've found myself unable to control them in the past, uh, I can alter the, the inward part of me, the contents of my heart, and it will then automatically start flowing out because our hearts are working to produce what's in them. Let's read this verse, Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 23. It reads, Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring the issues of life. Where do the issues of life come from? From your heart. So they come from God. No, no, no. They come from your heart. The issues of your life come from your heart. And then the, the NIV reads, Above all else, guard your heart. For everything you do flows from it. Everything. The NLT reads, Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. And so if we don't like the course of our lives, how many know, again, go back to this, let's change the contents of our heart. Let's deal with heart issues. Let's not just try to curb behavior. Let's deal with the, the root. Amen. Not just the fruit. Let's deal with the inside. And we can. God has made our hearts in such a way. Again, we're not talking a physical heart. We're talking about the spirit and the soul. Okay? We're talking about our inward being. He has created us in such a way where it can be shaped. It may be, yours may be in some funky, weird shape. You know, you know, I have this image of those uh, psychological books where they say, what do you see? <laughs> you may have some strange shapes and some, but it can be changed. It may have some things that are totally ungodly in it, but they can be removed. They can, and 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 with that removal and with the the impartation of good stuff, what happens is we start to manifest it because it goes to work to produce those good things in your life. Amen. You know, some people they want to they they want more money. And so they're looking externally, how can I get it? How can I get it? Who can give it to me? Where can I steal it? Where, you know, <laughs> we're going to get some more money. No, 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 no. That's not, that shouldn't be the goal. That shouldn't be our focus. I need to have a heart of abundance. If I can get God's way of thinking and His way of living and His abundant nature big in me, it's going to start seeping out of me. And things happen a better way. Amen. And so... When we see now the potential negatives that could exist and, the, of course, the positives, positives that could exist in our hearts, we can uh, take the necessary steps to ensure that we're made of the right stuff, to ensure that we are guarded against things that will harm us, that will hinder our, our bright and glorious future, right? And, and so... Various heart conditions are described in the Bible. You know, we can see the scriptures talk about a deceived heart. It, it, it talks about a, a fully persuaded heart. The scriptures refer to a, a troubled heart and a fearful heart. Also, a merry heart. 
and many, many, many other things. You can have your heart in all these different conditions. And I want to be, in one sense, as general and non-specific as possible so that you, so that the truths that we're talking about can be applied in any given situation even if I don't directly deal with the the shape and quality and content of your heart today okay and I'm going to do some of that uh, as we go forward but I also want to deal with some specific types or conditions of individuals hearts and uh, just as it seems good as the Spirit leads me, because I know if we're, if there's a whole bunch of us dealing with certain areas, certain conditions, then we can, uh, we can change that here just right in our services. I mean, we can literally shift gears and go a different direction. We'll start guarding ourselves against some of those negative things. And so, I want to spend a few minutes today talking about the proud heart. Okay? And contrast that with the the humble heart. You can have a humble heart, and it is attractive of God's blessings. It is receptive of His of His direction. You can have a proud heart, and it is a resistant heart. It does not receive from God, and it's it's something the Bible uses really strong language against. So I'm going to help identify it today. Okay, it won't be exhaustive, but I'm going to point my finger at a couple items, couple manifestations of this, and if you see this in your own life, then you'll know what it is, and you can say, I've been diagnosed. <laughs> I've got a condition. I've got a heart condition. Yikes. And I need to remove it so I can get the power of God flowing in me freely again. All right. And, and so let me read these two verses to you uh, to start. Psalm 101, verse 5. It says, whoever secretly slanders his neighbors, him I will destroy. The one who has a haughty look and a proud heart, him I will not endure. So notice the language, the haughty look and a proud heart, him I will not endure. So you can see it's kind of a negative, kind of. And then Proverbs 16.5 reads, everyone proud in heart is an abomination to the Lord. Though they join, join forces, none will go unpunished. That's pretty severe, isn't it? Everyone who has a proud heart, what's that word? Abomination. Now sometimes we like to identify certain sins, and some of them are identified in Scripture as being an abomination to the Lord. And, but I don't think this is usually at the top of people's lists. When you talk about things that are really, really, you know, a bad deal, a bad thing, we don't think of pride. But I tell you, the Lord does. See, we see things sometimes through a, a, an incorrect mindset, a natural worldly mindset. We need to elevate our thoughts to see things like God sees them and see them through His eyes. And I'll tell you, one of the worst things, one of the worst heart conditions a person can have is that of pride. It is that of pride. It's a, it's, it is a setup, as the scripture says in another place, for destruction. Pride goes before destruction. A haughty spirit goes before a fall. And so if you're interested in avoiding destruction in a fall, this would be helpful in that regard too. Amen. Uh, but it's a, it's a proud thing. Nowadays, again, people point to certain things in scripture and say, that's an abomination. That's an abomination. Yeah. And this one is too. 
So what we, the way we need to look at it and get, again, get God's perspective. Someone said, well, we're in the new covenant. We're forgiven of that. Thank you, Jesus. We are. Okay. But how I many I think it's still right for us to have a humble heart and not a proud heart? It's still the same deal. I think, I think this one might have hurt Jesus extra good, extra bad when he was on the cross, when he was paying the price for our sins. Bam! Pride. He did suffer. He did die for it. So let's not live in it anymore. Let's not be bound up and subject to it. And so Jesus identified this as one of the evil conditions. We read the scripture last week. One of the evil conditions that proceeds from the heart. When he said, don't be worrying about what you're eating. Be worrying about what's coming out of your mouth. Not worrying, but I messed that one up. But get your focus on that. Don't worry about anything. That's why I said that. Uh, It's called pride. If we don't guard against it, our downfall is imminent. All right. Now, let let me do some... um, explanation, some definition here, so we understand what this issue, what this heart looks like. The word pride, uh, that condition is the quality of having an excessively high opinion of oneself or one's importance. Okay? Just think far too much of yourself. Uh, One Hebrew word translated that way, it uses this language, Arrogancy, the definition, arrogancy, um, pomp, swelling. A, a proud person, sometimes we'll, we'll talk about their head swelling. Uh, they're, they're being puffed up. Um, a Greek word, one Greek word used uh, for the word pride, it uses this, this definition, definition is evident. It calls it, uh, it says to envelop with smoke. What, what, what does pride do? It envelops a person, a situation with smoke. <laughs> so I'm not sure what to do with that one. <laughs> well, think of pride as being fake, false. It's concealing the truth. Pride wants to project something that's really not there. It goes beyond reality. It's a, uh, we might say someone's blowing smoke. Huh? It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a phoniness. It's not real. Okay? Um, it means to inflate, to, it's self-conceit. It means to be high-minded or lifted up. Okay, another Greek word uses this language in definition of the word braggadocio. Okay, what does the proud heart like to do? Brag. Look at me, my accomplishments, who I am, what I've done. That's the bragging heart. What, what, What is it to God? It's proud. It's an abomination. It's resistant of Him. Hallelujah. And so, pride looks down on others. Pride is the condition that when an individual endeavors to lift themselves up. Now, does the Lord want to lift us up? He does. He does. There's more than one way to get up. But only one way to stay up. Lift yourself up, you're coming back down. You know, what comes up, comes down. The Lord lifts you up, He holds you up. You can stay up. But pride is one of those things that will bring a person back down. Look at Psalm 75 with me. Just left turn 
not too many pages, a couple clicks on your device, you'll be there. Psalm 75, notice verse 4 with me. Psalm 75 and verse 4, I said to the boastful, do not deal boastfully, and to the wicked, do not lift up the horn. Do not lift up your horn on high. Now, does anybody have a horn? Don't lift it up. <laughs> uh, the horn is symbolic of power. Um, it might be that this is referencing like an ox, uh, and the ox not bowing its head to receive, you know, the yoke upon it, but lifting up its horn. And it's a resistant position. It's a proud position. He's saying, don't do that. Don't do that. Do not lift your horn upon high, nor speak with a stiff neck. Now, again, not talking about chiropractic issues or anything like that. Talking about someone who's digging in. They're gonna. They're never gonna change. They're never gonna yield. They're gonna fight for their own way, huh? Don't speak with a stiff neck. Verse six: For exaltation comes neither from the east nor from the west nor from the south, but God is the judge. He puts down one and exalts another. Now, what does he want to do? Well, he wants to exalt. But how many know the proud get put down? All right. He's endeavoring to lift people up. Who is the promoter? Well, God is the promoter. He's the one that's wanting to promote you and give you a higher position and a higher place in life. But what would be the opposite of that? Self-promotion. See, the condition of the proud heart it manifests many times in a person endeavoring to put themselves out there. They're always promoting themselves. They want to tell everyone about their accomplishments. They want to be, they want to impress everyone with things they've done. How many know to be impressive and to impress are two different things? Should we be impressive? I tell you that's the Lord's will. He wants you to be something special and to be successful and to be all that you can be. He wants you to maximize your gifts and abilities and talents and, and quality of life. But to seek to impress is a different motive. It's a different heart condition. And that's one of the things we need to uh, avoid. Have you ever met individuals that as soon as you meet them, they begin to tell you all of their qualifications? They begin to go through the list of all the things they have accomplished, all the things they've done, all the things they've, uh, you know, been successful at. And did it ever kind of, you know, make your head kind of turn? Why are you telling me all this? You want me to be impressed with you? I mean, what's the what's the motive here? Always trying to to impress. Um, I've had individuals from you know from a. A, a ministry and church side, but individuals that as soon as I meet them, they're quick to identify themselves by their gifting. Meaning, uh, hi, I'm so-and-so. I'm a prophet. Okay. And you're telling me that why? 
Now, I'm thankful for profits. We're a non-profit organization, but, you know, we, we, we actually do believe in the ministry of the apostle, the prophet, as, as well as evangelist, pastor, and teacher. Uh, why do you lead with that? I remember when we first started the church, um, we set up the home, we set up our office in our home. In fact, even, even before we ever had a service, we were getting things set up, had the phone ringing in there, the phone would ring, not very often, but uh, it, it would ring and, you know, people, the word was spreading, thankfully, that we were going to start a church. And one guy talked to me and I answered, hey, how's it going? You know, I said, hello, thanks for calling Life Church. Uh, and he started asking me about what we were going to do, and, and, and I was glad for the call. And, and, but within a minute of talking, he said, and I'm a prophet. Okay, you're telling me that why? <laughs> you know, it's like, why are you leading with telling me uh, what you are? And he wasn't, by the way. Um, <laughs> I found that out later. No, well, I found that out right away. <laughs> um, but that wasn't the case. You know, why do individuals want to promote themselves in that way and tell everyone what they are. You know, got it on the business card. <laughs> I am apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher. Move in all nine gifts. All the time. Uh, <laughs> and, and it's just that, it's that mindset that goes contrary. It's the heart that goes contrary to the Lord's way of doing things. I, I don't, I'm not implying that it would always be wrong to tell someone what you do, what your gift is or something. But, you know, when someone is just first thing out of their mouth, you always kind of wonder a little bit. What, what's going on here? Uh, you know, why do individuals sometimes dress in extreme ways? Why, why would someone, you know, if you got your, I don't know what you would call the somewhat normal or consistent with the culture and society, and then someone dresses way outside of that. Why would someone do that? And see, what we do is we look at and say, why are they wanting to draw so much attention to themselves? Because isn't that what that, that's for? When someone's way outside of the box, they're trying to get everywhere they go. They want to walk in the room and everyone go, whoop, and notice because of what their, what their extreme presentation is. Yeah. Hallelujah. Why do you say that? You're trying to mess with my dress? And <laughs> no, this is self-diagnosis. We're just trying to examine here. And we, we look at things and we ask ourselves the questions, why do I do this? Because on the, on the other extreme, obviously, I, I think it would be right. It would be godly for us to present ourselves in the best way we can. We should all make the most of what we uh, have. And, you know, you know what I'm talking about? I'm not saying if you're humble, then you look... You know, like you're just wearing Noah's clothes or something. You know, something old and raggedy. And no, I'm not. I'm not implying that at all. You can, uh, nor am I implying that we quickly judge hearts by someone's dress. But you can identify your own situation. Why? Why extreme? Why do you want everyone to notice you? Why do you want everyone to look at you? Okay. And sometimes that's just a manifestation of something that's ungodly inside. That can be changed, and when you'll change it, you'll start going up. Okay, you need to guard yourself against that kind of stuff. Why do we say the things we say when we are in conversation with someone? Why are we why are why are we posting things about ourselves uh, on social media? Why 
Is it to try to impress everyone? Do I want to lead with uh, you liking me and thinking that I'm something really important? Or do I have a humble heart? All right. Do you want to make yourself look better in everyone else's eyes? I like the proverb, Proverbs 27 and 2. It reads, let another man praise you, not your own mouth. A stranger and not your own lips. Okay? Might be true. Let someone else say it. You might be the gift of God. I mean the most important person in the room. Let someone else tell you that. Huh? Don't you be, say, don't, don't you be saying it. Amen. Let's talk a little bit about the humble heart. So in contrast to that, what's humility? It is a modest or low view of one's own importance. Okay? A modest or low view of one's own importance. Um, uh, one Greek word is is tr- also translated as base or of low degree lowly see it's a mindset it, it's it, it's a heart condition um, humility basically works like this it sees things accurately and correctly no no smoke no mirrors no fake no phony no false front no trying to impress everybody humility sees reality it sees things the way they really are in truth. Okay? Uh, pride believes a lie. It believes more than is true. More than is, is, is really there. I noticed some years ago, uh, a couple of different ministers. You know, uh, two, not, not related or even know each other. Um, but of these two ministers that I could think of, uh, in this context, one of the one of the characteristics that stood out to me about them, and others had said the same things about them, these individuals to me, is their their teaching, their preaching, their their gifting, their 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 uh, enablement in that area was not real strong. In other words, it wasn't a, they weren't the most dynamic, anointed, most gifted speakers. Okay. Um, I don't say that as a criticism, you know, it just, that was, that was the case. But what always stood out to me, I thought, why does God use them so much? And I saw influence growing and growing, and they would reach more people, which is the heart of every Christian, is we want to reach more people, all right, more people to know Him. And He was using them powerfully. You already know where I'm going. The other outstanding characteristic well the outstanding characteristic in a positive way was this these both of these guys were so humble so real so i don't i'm not here to you know put myself forward in any way they're not promoting themselves they're just saying what they can say just doing what god has called them to do and god honored that and I wonder how much of us, how many of us, God could do more in our lives if this were the condition. Say, so, well, I'm not as gifted as so-and-so. Neither am I. Huh? Neither are any of us. There's always someone who's got a different and at least appearing to us seems like a better gift. More talent, more ability. You know, in Scripture, one of the guys identified in this, in this way, it was Moses. The Bible says of Moses... God, in fact, the Bible said, God said of him, he is the most humble 
man on the face of the earth. I mean, like, uh, wow. On the whole planet, the single most humble person. I mean, only God could make that judgment and be accurate about it. We can't figure that out. God said he's more humble than anyone. And, you know, I know he complained about his ability to speak. You know, he didn't want to go before Pharaoh, stuttering and, and so He was humble, and he had face-to-face meetings with God. He was more humble than everyone, and God entrusted great things into his hand. And I think, how can we be used more? Man, we've got to have this kind of heart. It's the heart that God can use. It's the heart that God can move and change and mold. Amen. Look at Romans chapter 12 with me. Everybody okay? Can I give you a little bit more? Romans chapter 12. And and notice over here the language used, verse, verse 3. For I say through the grace of God... Through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. How are we to think about ourselves? The Bible says, soberly. Not not like a drunk person. Drunk people don't see things correctly. We don't let them drive cars. Why? Because they're going to run into something. Because their judgment is not correct. They can't, they, they can't see things right. Alright. Also, in life, when we are to, when we examine our own selves, how are we supposed to view ourselves? Soberly. In other words, accurately. Correctly. Not thinking of ourselves, what? More highly. Did you notice this verse? It did not say, don't think of yourself highly. He said, don't think of yourself more highly than you ought to think. In other words, here's the, here's the other ditch. As we start groveling around and in the dust and saying, oh, we're just nothing. We're just worms of the dust and there's nothing good in us and we're just pathetic beings. And No, no, that's not correct. You're made in the likeness and image of God. You are an object of His love. You are His prized design and creation. Even though we have sinned, Jesus took our sins and now we've been born again and been made the righteousness of God in Christ. We stand forever right before Him. We are authorized with His name. We have power flowing out of our hands. huh? We are joint heirs with Christ. Hallelujah. Why are you so excited about that? It's some good stuff. And here's the point. God wants us to think highly of ourselves in accordance with how He's made us, what He has given us, our future, our place with Him. That is a high position. But how many know our, the way we deal with that is not, huh, this is who I am. <clears throat> no. It is, this is who I am in Christ. I'm thankful for it. See, you're either proud or you're thankful for anything good. People mess up this whole pride thing all day long. People are proud of all kinds of stuff. And they need to, they need to repent. Huh? 
they're proud I'm a part of this group and I'm a part of this. I'm proud to be this race and I'm proud of my this. Why don't you stop? Let God work in your life. I know I'm messing with some thinking in there. But listen, if I like something about my life, it's a good thing. I should be thankful for it. Thank you, Lord, that I'm a part of this great land. Thank you that I'm whatever, part of this group or that group. Proud about Whenever someone starts saying, I'm proud of my this, and I'm proud of my record, and I'm proud of my accomplishments, and I'm proud of this. Why? Why don't you let them stand on their own merits? If you did something good, fine. Let people see it. But in the midst of that, just say, I'm thankful for any good thing that I can do. If it was good, it's God. It's by His grace. And it was bad, it was me. <laughs> That's reality. Because God never did anything wrong. And if it was good, He gifted you. He graced you. He enabled you. Hallelujah. If I'm turning some wheels, fine. Rusty gears are turning. I'm say, I just say, think there's a whole lot of wrong thinking in our culture about this issue. And it hinders God from moving. It really does. People standing up for, mm, this is who I am. Stop. Stop. Just be glad. Just be thankful. Rejoice in the Lord and be thankful for all He's done. Usually, when someone is declaring their themselves, their accomplishments, who they are, it's usually to make someone else look worse. I'm this. I'm not that. I'm this. I'm better than you. All right. I'll be nicer. I, I see you all staring at me like that. We don't want to be humbled. When, you, when a person is humbled, that means they get knocked down. We want to humble ourselves. Humble ourselves. Why do we want to humble ourselves? Because then God lifts us up. Then He exalts us in due time. Amen. How can you humble yourself under God's hand? Well... One of the things that I recommend is that you ask the Lord to open your eyes and help you to see yourself, Him, life, everything in accordance with truth. Help me to see it clear, Lord. Help me to see myself and your working in my, my plan, your plan for my life. Help me to see it clearly. Because when we see it clearly, we're seeing it correctly, we're seeing it humbly. Many today don't recognize the evil nature of pride. Many are proud of their pride. Some will say things like, well, we don't have much, but at least we have our pride. In Jesus' ministry, in His life, He repeatedly pointed to the Father as the source of every good thing that happened. I mean outstanding words from heaven. I mean miracles and healings. All kinds of great stuff was happening. And he kept pointing back to the Father. He said, I'm not doing my own will, but the will of him who sent me. Though My words are not my own. Huh? I'm working the works of God. 
All right. In our day, I'm 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 excited about what's happening, but I'm excited also about what's going to be happening because we are come we are in an ever increasing time of God's glory and His power being revealed and manifest in the earth and through our lives. And what's one of the things that is really important in these escalations of God's Spirit moving is that we know the source. And we continually, we're used, God moves, and we point back to Him and say, the Lord be glorified. It's of Him, it's for Him, it's by Him, it's through Him, the Lord be glorified. Do you know that sometimes the way God works, it looks like you did it? I know sometimes individuals will say, well, whenever God's really doing something, whenever God is moving, it, uh, you know, He gets all the glory for it. If that's true, why did He tell us to give Him the glory? The reason he told us to give him the glory and to keep our hearts in a humble condition is because we could take the credit. We could. Even though we, we don't, that's supposed to. We could. Amen. You know, I've had people, I've laid hands on people, seen them healed of serious conditions right before their eyes and they're like, thank you. And I'm like, no. No, I couldn't heal a gnat's wing or a fly's eyeball. Give all the glory to Him. And we're going to see more and more of this. Let's be ready. Man, what's, man, God's doing amazing things. You guys must be so spiritual. No, let's not point to our spirituality. Let's not point to our personal discipline or our prayer life or we're, you know, we studied real hard. Continue to point to Him. Say, it is because of His great love that we are what we are. By His grace we stand before you today to accomplish great things in the land. Huh? That's a, that's a person God will elevate, He'll promote, He'll exalt, and they'll stay there. They'll stay there. We see things in accordance with the truth. I like what Peter wrote, 1 Peter 5, 5. He said, be clothed with humility, for God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. How many know Satan is the prime example of pride? He exalted himself. He said, I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will be like the Most High God. And how many know the, the dude got the boot? Because he ran smack dab in the middle of God Almighty. And he said, no, you're not. And he fell, and the dude is still falling. That's, that was his way of, of, of going low. But then we have Jesus, don't we? What did Jesus do? Well, He is God. He humbled Himself and became a man. I mean, that was a big deal, just that all by itself. And He's walking around in a sin-filled world, in a physical human body. But you know, He kept going, and He served people. He ministered to them. Even His disciples in John 13, with His knowledge of where He came from and where He was going, the Bible says, He knelt down and washed their feet. Wow. And, you know, he kept going to the point where he gave up his life. Someone said, man, the Jews killed him. The Romans killed him. Jesus said, no one takes my life from me. He said, I lay it down. He did that as an act of his will. He humbled himself to the point of death, even the death on the cross, which was the criminal's death, which was the lowest of low. And he did it to himself. He took our sin. And then what happened? 
What happens to those who are humbled? They get exalted. And three days later, he came out of the tomb. And how many know he was exalted to a place high in the heavens, seated at the right hand of the Father? Huh? He was exalted to the highest place and he has now the name that is above every name. He is to be glorified and he will always be on the top. He humbled himself and went up. That's the heart of God. That's the heart of an individual that God can use. This is something we should guard against big time. Guard against the proud heart. That of self-exaltation and self-promotion. Let's humble ourselves and let God do the exalting. What do you say? Amen. And here's one of the things that happens. I, I, I hinted at this early on. But the humble heart is a changeable heart. It's pliable. It's movable. It's teachable. The proud heart is the horn, is the stiff neck. It's the resistant heart. It's I am who I am. This is what I'm, way I'm going to be. This is the way I was born. This is the way I grew up. This is the way this, that. And always declaring, you know, uh, basically, I'm not changing. Is that the way we want to approach the Father? Isn't the way He changed our lives? Is at some point we said, I give up. I surrender. I give my life to you. Lord, you come in me and change me and make me just like you. And when we did that, we had, a, we, had a, we had an experience called the new birth. And we were changed. But let us not be among those. There's a real temptation now. Let us not be among, among those in the world today who are always just declaring our position. Well, this is who I am. This is what I want. This is what I believe. I, I mean, if it's in the Word, of course, we're going to stand strong with that. Don't get me wrong in that regard. We're not becoming weak when it comes to truth. But when it comes to promoting ourselves, you know, ever thought about this language? You know, I could be wrong. <laughs> Some people have never said that, but you know, it's true anyway. <laughs> if you've got God's Word on it, don't back off. But if it's just a thought, it's just an opinion. Let's be flexible. Amen. One of the things the Lord dealt with me this morning in regards to was the course and direction of our lives. We've got our plans. We've got our goals, our dreams, what we're going for. Those always need to be submitted to His. Lord, what do you want me to do? Lord, this is what I'm planning. This is, is this right? Is this the way you want me to go? Submit it to Him. Humble your heart. And if you have a humble heart, watch. If it's necessary, He can move you and get you in the right place. And don't worry about it because He will. Don't worry about it. Don't, don't, don't freak out. I don't want to do the wrong thing. If you have a humble heart, He can get you where you need to be. But what we want to guard against is this resistant heart, this proud heart. And it's set in our ways, and this is who I am, this is what I'm going to do. Amen.